No crying. There's no crying in baseball. card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. What's up, friends? Welcome to episode number 16 of Terrace Talk. Uh, we have another eventful week of Brewers baseball to uh, discuss and uh, digest. Um, a lot of hitting woes, uh, won a couple games, went two and four um, against the Cardinals and Braves. Fellas, we got both Mitches in here. Um, how we doing? What's going on, Hanson? Um Fresh, fresh back from uh, Florida, actually, over the last week. Um, drank a lot of vodka, lemonade by the pool. Um, watched a couple of games by the pool with my phone. But those late, I just want to say this, the Eastern time zone fucking stinks. <laughs> I was hung, I was hung, started drinking during in the beginning of the game. And I was hung over by the end of the game because it got, got done so late. Looks like Hudson's a big, uh, big water guy too, huh? Yeah, he he sure fucking is. All the phones survived taking all the pictures in the pool, so that's that's a that's a positive for sure. You know you're active when you're streaming Bailey Sports on the phone and then flipping back to the camera to get a pic of your son in the pool and then back to Bailey Sports. Yeah, you can just kind of slide it over so the game plays in like the little corner of your phone. (laughs) We can still watch the game. There's definitely a lot of that going on down there for sure. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Good to be back in Milwaukee. Florida kind of stinks. There's so much traffic and everyone's <laughs> fucking weird as shit down there. But they're running out of gas. <laughs> People Don't filling have... up gas with their their gallon bags and stuff yeah. like that. You think you think driving down Fond du Lac Ave, Milwaukee, is bad? Drive in Florida for a day in Central Florida around Orlando. It's ten times worse. I'm glad I'm oh. glad you had fun and got to come back and see a, a Brewers win finally. I know we we didn't give you too many wins when you were down there. Maybe you are bad luck. We needed you back in the state. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy though. Even we were like saying in Central Florida, and I couldn't even get the Marlins game on like live TV on like their like MLB or whatever Bally Sports Florida, whatever they have. Ridiculous down there. Big Tampa Bay. I think it is a big Tampa Bay Rays state. Yeah, so they're hot. Would have been nice to watch Jesus continue to lead the league in RBIs. It's not like we could use a first baseman, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we can start recapping the games here. So, um, you know, Brewers 2-4, and four, like I said, uh, currently sit in second place in the Central um, at 21-20. and 20. So we're about at the quarter mark of the season. Um, and David Stearns kind of did uh, – it seemed like a quarter point check-in essentially uh, today. Uh, he was, he was being interviewed, basically said we're in a fine position. Um, he's not too concerned about two weeks of a struggling offense. 
Um, and I would counter with, uh, I mean, it, yeah, the last two weeks have been, have been piss poor, but um, overall, this is, uh, it's been a flat out bad offense. <laughs> what's, what's the team OPS at now? I know we were 28th before today. I'm assuming it probably went up, but uh, yeah, we've been bottom five pretty much the entire year. So uh, I love how Stern's talking about how we're in a good, well, I mean, all things considered, we're over 500 well, with as bad as our offense is. So maybe that's his mindset. He's like, there's no way they can be this bad all year. Um, so yeah. yeah, Rock Rock mentioned today that we were dead last in team batting average, hitting at like a 164 clip or something like that. He's just like kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, that's not very good. <laughs> so we were like over 21 with runners in scoring position before uh, Bogey's uh, double today. Uh, we snapped like an over 21 streak with runners in scoring position. Even today, we were like two for 14 or something, like going into like the eighth inning or something like that. It was just something crazy. We put up a shit ton of runs today. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyways, I'm I'm starving for for something. I'm, I was calling for Trevor's story earlier in the week. Dude, it's just – it's so painful to watch. Like that Corbin Burns start midweek. Um, Burns, granted, that day was against Jack Flaherty, but like – we shouldn't have to be praying for a single run. Like once we got down one to zero, it was pretty much, we knew it was ball game. And then we gave up. We put in Perdomo in the ninth inning and essentially waved the white flag. In my opinion, I was pretty fired up about that. Right. And it's like too, I know the game got close, but it's like they refuse to use our three power pen arms in close games when we're down even a run, but then you'll bring in JP today because he needed work when you're up eight. Well, if guys are going to need work, then throw them in those one run games, even if we're losing, like, it's like they have this rule almost where it's like, those guys can only pitch when we're leading unless it's like they need work. Well, it's like, I would rather have them pitch if they're going to need work in those close games and bringing in JP today when we're up eight zero. Yeah. Even, even yesterday when we, uh, kind of trim the lead down. It was, I think it was four to one kind of late in the game. Uh, Mitch, I know, Oh, you guys are both there. Actually, you guys said kind of both mentioned that the crowd was kind of get into it. Um, had a bunch of momentum and then we threw out, uh, Perdomo again. Um, and fuck, I didn't even think about who we threw in the, the eighth and ninth is Hobie Milner. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was pretty right about that. Too, like, I, I just don't, I don't understand that whatsoever Um, yeah I mean before before we won today I was uh if we recorded this like last night or even like mid-game today when we were falling apart um there would have been a a pretty harsh tone um I've I've since cooled down a little bit um knowing you know we're we're having a day off we're gonna go into Kansas City with our with our two guys uh Burns and Woody um but yeah man it's it's been a it was a tough week it was um this is the most uh, the most rattled I will say um, that I've been watching the games this year. That's for sure. We we're we we're about to scrap the pod last night. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> wanted to be done. No bullshit. I was re- I was ready to just call it in. Fuck it. <clears throat> yeah, we're that's we're front runners. If this team like becomes the Pirates ever, we're just gonna hang up the pod. No point of doing it. <laughs> yeah, or we'll change. We'll just be a pod for a different team, or we'll go all prospects or something. Dude, also, of- no offense to Hobie Milner, I'm <laughs> sure a great guy, but when they show like Valley Sports Wisconsin tweeted like 
with the clapping emojis, like shout out to him for his Brewers debut. And then they flashed his numbers from last year for like some shitty team too. And I'm like, this is who we're throwing right now. I mean, my God. And he promptly gave up a, a massive home run. So I was like, sick. He's been in the minors for like 10 years. He, I think he broke the minors in 2011 and has been in the minors for like 10 years. And he's like the 42nd player that have, have played for the Brewers this year. Yeah. Which is a in yeah, absurd. Rock, Rock was like, yeah, he broke into the league with the Phillies in 2017 and had a 201 year. And it's like, dude, that's almost five years ago. <laughs> oh, holy moments. Yeah, I don't Soft get that move left. unless it was just like they were looking for arms and because Lauer had just pitched like two and a half innings. But it's like Lauer had been fine. I know he struggled a bit yeah. this weekend, but I don't know if it was just like a we need a fresh arm type thing. But it's like at that point, bring up a guy that has promise, not some guy that's been in the minors for 10 years. Like throw up Benger then for those innings so at least he can get MLB work because he's an arm that, you know, we feel like we have something in. Uh, but, yeah, I just I don't understand. Yeah, well, that's a, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's enough about Hobie Milner. The the team that was on last year with an 8-10 ERA was the Angels. So I guess not a shitty team, but a shitty pitching staff. So that's, uh yeah, I had a massive eye roll when I was seeing we're, we're getting pumped about a debut from him. Was his, was his walkout song at least sick? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we'll talk about the Saturday crowd um, once we get there. But um, Mitch, you were at the game today. So uh, Brewers win 10 to 9. Uh, Freddie Fastball is the story of the week to me. Um, he threw six scoreless innings today with eight strikeouts, one walk, and only two hits and lowered his ERA to 2.4. Um, so he has been an electric factory. Um, and I mean, since, since he gave up those uh, – those five runs and the first five hitters in Philadelphia, I think he's now thrown 17 consecutive scoreless innings. Um, so he's, uh, it looks like he's taking that next step. And this is the the national breakout that the boys were calling for preseason. So shout out Freddie Fry fastball. He's gone from a one pitch pitcher in 2018 when he broke the majors. I know he had a curveball, but he didn't trust it to now throwing four pitches that he all consistently throws for strikes that change up that he threw today to MB free in the first inning that got Freeman looking absolutely foolish. Um, it has been amazing to watch. And what people need to remember is Freddie's only, he just turned 24 years old. Too. <laughs> so it's like this, I don't even know what Freddie's ceiling is. And to think about, the fact that we have Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta as our three-headed horse and our boy Hauser too, it's absolutely wild. Um, Jeremy Frank, who's like a MLB stat dude, tweeted this uh, actually just about an hour ago. And in 21 starts to start the year for Woodruff, Burns, and, and Freddie, they've logged 122 innings, given up 27 earned runs, and have 180 strikeouts. <laughs> That's fucking yeah. stupid. That's a 40% K percentage. It's crazy, man. And uh, people forget um, Freddie signed this like very, very team friendly contract a couple years back. Um, and he's currently like on a five year deal, uh, only worth fifteen point five million dollars. So, I mean, it, it kind of sucks for him in a sense. But uh, yeah, the Brewers got a hell of a bargain um, when they talked his agent into, into signing that type of deal. 
Right. And I think that's where part of our frustration comes for because we see that our rotation, and this isn't us being dramatic. I know all three of us are very dramatic on this podcast. We have the rotation and bullpen to win the World Series, to, to compete with LA and win the World Series. And it's like when we talk about our offensive struggles and, and how frustrated we are with them, we're not asking to have a top 10 offense here. If you get to even just below league average, you're talking about a legit World Series competitor because of how good our pitching staff is. I know yeah. I said this to you guys earlier earlier this week, but we should be like 30 and five, the amount of like one run or really close games where our offense just is dormant. And we keep getting like these one hit, zero runs through seven innings and we just can't fucking score. I mean, I think even like bottom third of the league, yeah. we have probably eight, eight more wins maybe. Yeah. The yeah. Philly series, especially. <clears throat> yeah, just an average offense, slightly below average. I mean, you know, we hope – Omar returning this weekend was uh, was nice. I mean, he's swinging the bat well, um, even after, you know, straining his groin. Um, so that was good to see him come back and still rake. He had a, a three-hit game today. Um, but you hope, like, Keston here gets right um, and Nashville comes up and produces and obviously Christian Yelich. So um, hopefully, hopefully we just get healthy and that will solve it. But I still think we're a bat – a major bat and a, like a supplementary piece away from being like, okay, this team can go on a legit run uh, with this offense. That's, that's kind of where I'm sitting. <laughs> right. And in today, they obviously broke out a bit. Um, Avi's been pretty consistent over the last couple of weeks, which is good to see his OPS is climbing and getting back into the high sevens, low eight range, which is huge. Colton Wong put some great at bats together today. That was, um, you know, being there, um, it was nice to see for the first time what it felt like in a couple of weeks where we had hitters that were actually just not trying to hit the ball 500 feet like Colton Wong put a bunt down Daniel Vogelbach just continued to try to slap things to, to left field so it's nice to see that some of the hitters are trying to change their approach and not just sticking to I'm just going to keep swinging as hard as I can and trying to drive the ball um, so that was good to see today um, and just talking about the in-person experience now that the AmFam's up at 50% capacity, the no, those games are so loud now. Hanson, I don't know if it was like that Saturday. I know it was probably pretty dull with the way we played, but today there were times where it's just like, it felt so great to just hear, like you can barely hear out of your ears because everyone's just screaming again. Um, it was awesome to hear. Yeah, there wasn't, yeah, right about on, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to cheer about on Saturday, but like, the JBJ catch and then the seventh inning where they made a little noise. Uh, the crowd got on their feet a couple times and yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good feeling. You know, the first post Corona, I can't even imagine when they open it up in a hundred percent capacity. Um, we'll, we'll have to try to go to that uh, when yeah. they, when they do that first, but yeah, it's, it's, it was awesome. Just seeing 16, 17,000 people in there. Um, I think the capacity is like low twenties, but they didn't have a whole lot of time to turn those tickets um, so yeah, it was a good feeling. And one more note on, uh, on Freddie Peralta, um, before, before his start today, um, he sat 25th overall, uh, with pitchers in F war. Um, and with, with those six scoreless innings and other eight strikeouts, I'm guessing he's going to end up around like 1.4 F war, which would be the same exact value of Max Scherzer, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Rogers, and Lance Lynn. And then we'll have our, our boy Freddie in that same mix of pitchers. 
So Wait, that's how that's how freaking awesome he's been. We have three pitchers in like the top twenty for four. I I don't know where Corbin sits. I know he missed a start, but I'm assuming three. he's okay. still three, and he missed a start too. And Woodruff is what one or two? Woodruff is six at okay. four. Got it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to have three pitchers in the top fifteen is incredible. Yeah, man, it's legit. I mean, you, you make the playoffs, and no one. Even with how terrible our offense would be, if we even like just sneak in, no one will want to face the Brewers just because you know you're going to face those three guys. Right. Especially in a five game series, too, to start. Boss, I'm sorry. I cut you off there. We were talking at the same time. Uh, it was all right. Now, Mitch, Mitch was just describing uh, the feeling of having the fans back and everybody screaming, kind of sent chills down my spine a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, uh, it was good. Missed that shit. Um, I know you talked about JBJ's catch on Saturday. His catch today was fucking incredible. Um, I was out in left field and it looked like when it was off the bat, it looked like he had it overran in the way he like jumped back, back to his glove hand that the catch percentage on that had to be below 5%. Um, it was just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, He's showing up with the glove. I was joking around. I mean, last week I was like, oh, man, we haven't seen any highlight plays from him, and he's not doing anything at the plate, which he's still not doing anything offensively. Uh, he still looks pretty bad up there. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he turns that around, but at least he's saving some runs uh, with his glove the last last handful of games here. Um, another couple notes today. Uh, things got sloppy in the, the seventh, eighth innings. Uh, J.P. Feierheisen had his worst outing of the year. Um, and it, it's one of those things, like if you put a high leverage guy and a blowout, like, I feel like this always happens. You closers and like those back end guys just have that mentality goes into an eight zero game pitches only gets one out and gives up four runs on two hits and can't, couldn't really control anything either. Um, so it just shows you how good he's been, uh, when his ERA is still at 2.45, uh, following a blow up like that as a reliever. So. Uh, kind of the first sign of struggles there. Suter was bad again. Um, and I've been, the, I've been a big Raptor defender, um, but I'm starting, to, I'm starting to get in more of a – I know, Mitch L., you're not the, the biggest Raptor fan. I'm starting to get a slight eye roll whenever I see him uh, yeah. at the games now. Yeah, I don't know if he's um, – I, I think he's one of those pitchers that you kind of have to pitch off of his momentum, and it's almost like – his value has always been pitching against teams that don't see him regularly because that wind up and deception is kind of like, Oh, you know, not, not used to it. So now that teams were playing teams that we haven't seen in a while and they're still hitting him. I don't know, know if I want him pitching in high leverage situations right now. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. And then the back end guys, um, Devin Williams wasn't exactly sharp, uh, but the Braves were putting together good at bats. Um, he did get out of a jam with uh, a couple of awesome strikeouts on airbenders. Um, so it's just good to see him, you know, striking guys out on that pitch and seeing the, the movement um, come back. So still, still not like prime D will, but he's, he's working himself there. Uh, offensively, um, Garcia is still swinging a hot stick. He homered today uh, to dead center. Um, Vogie had a double, so same with Omar. So, um, the top of the order today, uh, it's a trio of guys that I've been our most consistent performers, basically, um, with Colton Wong, Omar, 
and low Kane, it was good to see him get three, three knocks today. So hopefully he's turning the page as we go into Kansas city. Um, and we can get, get some momentum going offensively here. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we have some losses to talk about then, uh, Friday, um, or Saturday, excuse me. Uh, Brewers lost five to one, uh, got nothing going offensively once again. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it was tough when you sit down in your seats, this is the game that I was at and, uh, Brett Anderson basically gets bombarded from the get go. I mean, we're talking laser shows off the bat, uh, tons of hard hit balls. So it was tough. Go down four to zero to pretty much start the game and Brewers didn't really stand a chance after that. So what do you guys have on uh, on Saturday? Pretty boring game, honestly. Uh, another tough game. I'm one in five going to games in person now, so I might have to take a timeout for for the squad here. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right about that game kind of being boring. Um, we did have a bunch of runners on base, a um, couple of leadoff walks. Um, I don't remember how many walks that we drew off. Yeah. Ian Anderson had four walks and we scored one run off of him. And it was, he wasn't even in the game when we scored, but I mean, I think it goes back to just our approaches at the plate have been so horrendous. And uh, they just seem like almost like selfish at bats. I don't know if you have, you guys have noticed that, um, but they're just not going the other way or hitting one, hitting where it's pitched. Um, I, I, I guess I really don't know what to say about it because we've seen the same old same old song for the last ten or so games. Um, I mean, even even longer than that. But got to get something going for sure. I mean, I think they have something with Omar coming back, and hopefully Yelly is back this week. Um, kind of extend the lineup a little bit. Yeah, we don't have to see more Billy McKinney. Right. Today was the first day. Bus to your point was that I thought that their approaches looked to be different. And I don't know if it was just the pitcher that was on the mound or what, but you talked about, you know, guys being selfish and trying everyone trying to hit for the high OPS number. And I know that's where baseball's kind of headed, but I thought today was the first day within the last two weeks where it looked like some of the approaches were changing, which was good. I don't know if that was something that was talked about or something that they were really trying to stress today. Um, but it obviously worked with us getting, you know, 10 runs today. So um, yeah, Saturday we had three hits. What did Ian Anderson had a no hitter going into what the sixth inning? Yep. Yep. It feels like a lot of teams are carrying no hitters into like the fifth, sixth, seventh inning against us. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. And the, there's another game this week where we made John Gant look like uh, a Cy Young <laughs> candidate too. So definitely frustrating. Um, and Brian Anderson or Brad Anderson, excuse me. Um, you know, we, you know how much we love or I love the, the crafty lefties. Um, but that's another spot where we could, um, there's a guy named Aaron Ashby that would be pretty enticing to come up and complete the five, some, um, of starting pitchers. Just, just something I thought of when he was getting bamboozled the first two innings against, uh, the Braves lineup there. So it just wasn't pretty. It was just a struggle and he just a soft tosser, just getting laced around the diamond. Yeah, I think the first like six or seven batted balls that he had were all over like 105 miles an hour or something like that. The baseball savant was a lot of red. That's not what you want for a contact pitcher. No. Right. Um, Rasmussen was really good. Uh, he faced, uh, faced five guys, struck out four of them, 
with the walk, Boxberger came in, threw a nice inning. Perdomo, um, after JBJ made um, one of the better catches I've seen in person. Um, that was a, a sick rob. That was the first time anyone was able to cheer about anything that game. And the place did get really loud for it. Uh, I couldn't even imagine if it was like a bigger situation or a closer game, but um, that was awesome to see. Uh, and then Perdomo actually struck the next two guys out and looked pretty sharp doing so. So, you know, oh. We're upset throwing him. He hasn't earned those like primetime spots, but he's got the potential being six foot seven or whatever he is with that presence and arm angle. So good to see those guys throwing a couple scoreless innings there. Pablo Reyes came in, had two hits off the bench um, and made an awesome play today defensively. So uh, that is what it is. You know, who's had a bad week um, is T-Rat and uh, Travis Shaw didn't really play very well this week. Yeah, T-Rat's OPS, I think, is down into the low 700s now. Sad. Yeah, yeah. Travis, Travis Shaw's approach has been dog shit this week. Yeah, he – oh, speaking of Travis, uh, being there at the game, after that first or second strikeout where he looked absolutely foolish, he took, like, two half swings, he – before he could even make it to the dugout, he whipped his helmet so hard off the wall in the dugout that like I was sitting in left field and I could hear it echoing. That's how fucking loud he threw his helmet. So you can obviously tell there's some frustration there with Travis. Well, and he got tossed on Saturday too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was that, uh, was that in the square? Uh, The one on Saturday, it was a close pitch. I think it was more frustration than a bad call. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. So then Friday, uh, the the series opener against Atlanta Uh, Brewers lose this one too. Um, Adrian Hauser only lasted three innings, uh, kind of lost command there. It looks like so, uh, admittedly didn't catch much of this one is at my, uh, my younger brother's baseball game, but five walks to three strikeouts, uh, only gave up a couple hits, but, um, really just looks like, uh, the command got lost on him there. Yeah. And even the contact was pretty soft for him. I think it was just one of those games where he just kind of lost feeling of all his pitches, um, I'm not too worried about that with, with Adrian. He's uh, He's been pretty solid all year, especially for being a four. Um, he's kind of our dude. So, yeah, I expect yeah. that. And that's a good lineup with the Braves. I mean, Ozzy Albies is swinging a hot bat. Um, you know, thankfully, we didn't even see Acuna until uh, the late innings of today's game. So, uh, but Ozuna, Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. I mean, that's a – that's a playoff caliber lineup. And obviously they were in the NLCS last year. So they're, that's a, that's a good team. Yeah. They haven't really got it going, uh, put it all together quite yet, but they're coasting around 500 and trying to get healthy themselves. Um, so we do have, in. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, we do have to give some credit to one of our uh, team members on Friday and not for his performance really at all the last year and a half, but um, shout out to Josh Lindblom for absolutely fleecing the Brewers for his $9 million. Um, I tweeted this jokingly after a couple beverages, uh, but I said, if pitchers performance uh, or pitcher salaries was performance based, I literally think that Josh Lindblom would have $0 of his 9 million. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I've watched him have a clean outing where he hasn't given up at least one run. He's tripling uh, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and Brandon Woodruff's combined salaries for 2021. <laughs> almost, almost making almost four times as those guys combined. Yeah, I think I threw a tweet out there too that he should he should be donating his paychecks to those guys. <laughs> 
it's yeah I, it was a creative signing is outside the box and it was one of those things where you just kind of trust Stearns but he swung and missed uh with that one and the guaranteed money just makes it worse otherwise he's a guy that would not be on this team right now right It'd be a simple dfa <laughs> i think they're almost to that point of just cutting or cutting yeah. their losses with the six million ish between this year and next year and just moving on because he's literally they're literally just throwing out him out there when the game's out of reach one way or the other right and to your point earlier you'd almost even rather see like alec bettinger in that mm-hmm. type of role uh getting some major league experience or literally anyone not making $3 million and doing a terrible job at, at his job. <laughs> Good for him though. Like I said, I mean, he, he got his money and all that and absolutely fleeced the team, but yeah, it's seems like a nice enough fella. I mean, right. it's nothing, nothing against him. He's just been a terrible pitcher. Seems like your classic dad that loves grilling, hanging out by the pool with a bucket hat on. He just doesn't belong on the mound in, in American family field. So yeah. And Eric Lauer gave up some runs. I mean, what do you expect there? Gave up three runs in three innings. Um, gave a couple bombs to Ozuna and Albies. So one <laughs> Ozuna hit it off like the top of the scoreboard. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. He hit that to the moon. Uh, Drew Smiley shut us down through six innings. Another guy that we just you know came in with a shitty ERA, uh, having a rough season, comes in, dices the Brewers for six innings and. Uh, the frustration is, you know, obviously in lies and seeing performances by John Gant, Drew Smiley. Um, you kind of expect it against Flaherty and the top end arms, but uh, these are the frustrating ones. Yeah, very much so. Yes, I think Drew, coming in that game, Drew Smiley had given up like the third most home runs in Major League Baseball. And I will say this is probably something we should talk about. Um, we can talk about quick here before we go to break. They interviewed Stearns about it today, about there were some rumblings about AmFam having a humidor added this year because of the amount of balls that were dying on the warning track. And Friday night was one of those nights where it felt like we had like five or six flyouts that just died on the warning track. And he said today that there was no humidor added to AmFam, but he also admitted that balls are traveling a lot less farther than what they were last year. So he's like aware that something happened to the baseballs. Um, and he kind of gave like the blah answer. Then he's like, you know, later in the year for all of the MLB, we'll kind of look at things as a, sta- a data standpoint and kind of go from there. But that just goes back to Manfred completely ruining his fucking product year in and year out. He, you know, I, I also tweeted this where it's like going into the season, he's like, we really want to look at ways to improve the offense and get more scoring and get more home runs and flair and stuff. And then you go out and, mess with the baseballs and add humidors to stadiums to cause them to stop flying further. Like what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's just like logic one Oh one. He just continues to trip on his own feet. And it's just so frustrating because all of us are obviously huge baseball freaks. And when our product is being ruined continuously by the commissioner, it's just frustrating. Yeah, man. Um, And it's, it seemed the Brewers had a whole hell of a lot of warning track balls this whole week. It was like, and sitting in the bleachers in the game, you don't even expect them to go out anymore. Um, so yeah, it's a it's tough scene that way. The another Manfred um, thing, uh, Nick Castellanos, uh, or how do you say his last name or yeah, whatever? Castellanos. Yeah, for the Reds, 
um, hit a bomb and they interviewed the guy that that's a great clip. Um, the guy basically screamed at him and said, pretend the baseball is like Rob Manfred's head and cast uh, Nick took him like 900 feet and he sat there and listened to the interview and was just like shrugging his shoulders, like with a smug look, like as the guy was chirping Manfred, it was awesome. So was that just a random fan that screamed that, that Castellanos just gave the mic to in his interview then? Yes. <laughs> That's and so awesome. Like Bally Sports Ohio was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he fist bumped him when he came back, came around the diamond and then uh, he gave him the goddamn mic and... <laughs> And the guy was like, they're the Bally Sports announcers, like, be careful, you're on national live TV right now. He's <laughs> a random fan. That guy's gonna have stories for a lifetime. I'm so I'm surprised they let him finish. I know. <laughs> they cut him. And just to add to that too, add to that too. Did you see today, or is either today or yesterday when Trevor Bauer, like he has his own like product line? And yeah. in spring training, he got fined for wearing a shirt with his logo on it. So today or yesterday. He wore the same exact shirt and just put a uh, piece of paper taped over it and says, my logo is not under here or something like that. Don't find me, MLB. <laughs> I love that. I love that out of Trevor Bauer. He's uh, He does some things that kind of annoy you, but uh, so, stuff like that is great. Uh, love um, him antagonizing the commissioner. It's great to see. <laughs> Uh, cool. We'll go to a, a slight break here. We'll recap the Cardinal series and uh, talk about what's going on down on the farm. So be right back. All right, boys. So uh, to the Cardinal series here. Um, so we'll start with the finale. Uh, this was the return of Corbin Burns. Um, so it was good to see Corbin back on the Hill. Uh, we kind of thought that we would see him this last week, whether it be Thursday or Saturday, uh, but he was really good. Uh had some tough luck in the first inning with some, uh, you know, three hits that were kind of, you know, softly hit balls. Um, but he threw five innings, struck out nine, uh, only walked one. Um, so it's great to see him in his normal dominant form. Uh, and he also broke the MLB record um, to start the season with 56 strikeouts to zero walks, which is just an absurd, absurd stat. Yeah, I saw it too after he walked Erdman. He looked so mad at himself. And I know that's just like the competitive edge in him, but it's just like Corbin, like you were going to walk someone at some point this year. Like it's already ridiculous that you started the year with 56 strikeouts. That's a stat that I don't know if it'll ever get broken the way pitchers kind of just have this crazy movement nowadays. And like walks are very popular. Um, but to see him mad at himself for walking a guy was, I, I kind of grinned. Um, Cause it's like, dude, like it was going to happen at some point. Yeah, man, he's just been so good. Um, he's thrown 34 innings this year, and he's third in the league in war. Um, so he's behind Garrett Cole, um, who has thrown 18 more innings than him, and Jacob DeGrom, who has thrown six more innings than him. Um, and then he's uh, he's ahead of, like, John Means, Clayton Kershaw, Woody, Wheeler, guys that have thrown two more starts, even three more starts in some instances. So just his, like, quality of innings – um, when he has been able to uh, to toss, have just been un unbelievably good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. I think if he continues at this, I don't. I mean, he's gonna walk more guys, but if he's gonna be one of those guys that's gonna have a high strikeout rate and a low walk rate rate with the way FIP is leveraged into four, Corbin will probably be the leader in four from a pitching standpoint at the end of the year if he stays healthy. So, 
Yeah, and I need him to stay healthy. I still got that uh, the preseason Cy Young Award um, ticket. So 25 bucks to win 750. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he stays healthy and he has uh, a window of opportunity. I mean, with Jacob DeGrom down, um, you know, his biggest competitor might be his teammate. So. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, and I think Corbin will always get the flash because of the strikeout rate yeah. and the history thing. But Brandon will just, what, ERA is down to like 1-5. Um, yeah. I mean, he's quietly had just as good of a year. Um, so, yeah, it's just – it's incredible that those are our two horses. Yeah, um, back to the, the game itself. So, Flaherty goes six innings, um, scoreless, of course. We lose the game 2-0. to zero. Uh, This is a, a day game on YouTube, actually. Um, which, what are you guys' thoughts on, on that broadcast that they do? It's interesting, that's for sure. At least the announcers are really interesting. I think the in the in-game interviews, I guess I'm kind of torn. They're kind of cool and they're kind of not. Um, I mean, I know they had they have Carpenter on there. Adam Wainwright. Oh yeah, Wayne Wayne Wainwright. Same same fucking person. Yeah. Um, that interview and then Woody's interview. I mean, it's just just cool. I mean, those both really cool dudes. Um, I missed the uh the first one, but I did see Woodruff um just showed kind of he just kind of talked about um how he's been pitching really well he's super humble um just kind of you just kind of see a different type of, or a different side of a guy like mid-game which you don't typically get to see like throughout the week yeah I didn't think that um I would say this and obviously you know he's a he still plays for the Cardinals but Adam Wainwright might have been the best personality on there yeah yeah, dude, he was awesome. He was very complimentary of uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff um, with what they were doing pitching wise. So that was cool. And he's just uh, it, it was a good, good all around interview. So that was uh, a pleasant surprise. Um, the the graphics are kind of cool. I don't know. I like it. It's it's something different. It's one game a week that they do. It's usually I think actually always a day game that they choose. So. Um, yeah, this week they got Flaherty, Corbin Burns. So good pitching matchup. Brewers ultimately don't do anything this game. There's not even much to talk about. 0 for 10 with team runners in scoring position, nine guys left on base. I mean, just like just brutal, brutal offensive numbers. <laughs> Travis Shaw had a hit. Luis Urias actually had a couple hits. Um, Bogey did, and that was that was basically it. Um, so just another rough day at the office. And, um, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. is, for as good as he is defensively, he has been so bad, guys. He is currently hitting 156 and a 510 OPS. So you, you just hope that he turns it around because we're not, we're not getting our money's worth with, uh, with those type of numbers offensively. I don't think we even have seen like flashes of like his offensive side yet. I mean, he hit that one, he hit that one ball hard of, I think we had two or three guys on. He lined up to the second baseman sharply. That was like the first hard hit ball he's had in like three weeks. But yeah. uh, the advanced just, numbers don't back up like any silver linings either. Basically what we're praying for is that his monthly splits um, are consistent with this year's season. <laughs> yeah because it gets up close to like 800 in june or something like that yeah so hopefully uh because his may the the uptick in may hasn't necessarily happened here so maybe he's uh getting acclimated and we'll put it together at some point it would be nice to see him get 
get going at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, the the day before, um, let me pull up that real quick. That was a game we won four to one on Wednesday night. That was the John Gant game, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm, I had it pulled up and then I had to look up JBJ stats real quick. Um, so Brewers won this one four to one. Um, this was uh, a Woodruff start in which he went seven and two thirds, 10 strikeouts, one walk, uh, gave up the one hit in the eighth inning, which was a home run to uh, tie the game at that point. Um, so it was a big bomb to Tyler O'Neill. Um, but just another, <laughs> I mean, you just run out of adjectives to describe those top line guys that we have. So he was brilliant again. Um, D will got the win throwing a third of an inning, Josh Hader, another dominant save. So good recipe there. Um, you guys have any, uh, any takeaways from this four to one win on Wednesday? Yeah, that was the game that Avi hit one of the farthest balls that I've seen in a while at Ampham up over the Miller light deck that pretty much went out of the stadium and his emotion after he hit that, he was absolutely yelling at the bench, um, which was cool to see. Hopefully we can get this consistent Avi that he's had over the last three weeks for the rest of the year. He's been awesome, dude. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I don't know. If I, maybe he's just getting comfortable or actually we probably didn't even get a chance to see like this side of him, but just sitting in the right field bleachers, how like he, he does play the game with a lot of joy and he's always playing catch with like little kids in the stands and stuff um, and having a good time out there. So it's, uh, it's fun to see him playing well and he has all the tools to be really, really good. So yeah, he's referred to as like, young Miggy a lot I don't know if it's his body structure and his swing and stuff like that obviously he's not Miguel Cabrera but um it's kind of a cool comp that you know you can see those flashes for sure yeah he's been like the you know him Colton Wong uh Omar Narvaez I mean I've been the the three best guys offensively I mean he's sitting 260 six home runs um, getting closer to that 800 OPS number where you're, you're pretty solid offensively. So, um, yeah, keep it rolling, man. He's, he's been a, a silver lining for sure. And that's the nice thing too, is like, we talked about this and beat this, um, Christian Yelich coming back doesn't fix all of the offensive struggles, but what it does do is it puts our other hitters in more of their, I would say not as pressure situations where, you know, Avi isn't going to be asked to hit three every night and be our major producer. You know, he can kind of supplement around Christian. So maybe Christian coming back just calms everyone else to feel like, Oh, I need to do really well for us to succeed. Um, So maybe, maybe that helps from a mindset perspective. Yeah. Take some of the pressure off Travis Shaw. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's crazy, man. He's a non roster invite uh, signing and, He's basically uh, – he's got to have the most at-bats on the team, and he basically hits in cleanup spot on a nightly basis. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like get, get, giving him the ability to push him down to like the five, six, five, six holes even and you know, take a day off every now and then would probably go a long ways for him. And that's part of, I think, our, our obsession with him too is like we're not going to ever see 2018 Travis Shaw again. Um but like you said, he's an NIR and he's come in and pretty much been our only consistently healthy player from start to finish. He's playing every day. Um, he still makes, he still makes 
very good plays defensively all the time. He's a vacuum over there. If he can get his glove on it, it's not going anywhere. Right. He's going to be potentially a maybe a 2-4 player all said and done at the end of the year with, you know, what he's been doing offensively and obviously solid defensively. It's like for a non-roster invite to get up to a 2 war. I mean, we'll take that any year. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other uh, interesting thing that happened in this game was that, like, play where Harrison Bader was stumbling before catching it, and uh, Lorenzo Cain was able to score, taking up from second base all the way home. Um, so that was uh, that was kind of a funny moment there. I can't, um, believe, I can't believe Bader still caught that. Like, the way he was falling down, the fact that he still caught that while falling down is pretty damn impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, and then Avi, the game was two to one and he hit that ball like 450 feet. So that was a pretty cool feeling. And, um, I think boss texted the group chat, but, uh, you, you love the emotion with the bat spike. And I think it was a, a loud, let's fucking go. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, well, that, was, that was great. Well, thumping his chest. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when he gets a hold of him, he had a couple like that in St. Louis too. And you're like, sheesh, that's, yeah. uh, he's got a lot of power. Dude, he's been on an absolute tear, man. The ball, yeah, he's got right? The ball did, and I'm not trying to go back to today's game, but maybe it has something to do with the weather at AmFam too with our team, because like today was like the first really nice day. Um, panels were open, roof was open, and the ball seemed to be flying a lot better today. So maybe it's just maybe we're a warm weather team. Maybe we just need to go down to Miami or something. Uh, no, Miami sucks. <laughs> Florida sucks. You probably got a better chance of watching games up getting Miami broadcasts up here than you do down there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then Monday, um, this is another, you know, start the week off with uh, a gut wrenching loss here. Uh, you have a guy, Freddie fastball um, throwing another gem, dude, seven innings, scoreless, eight strikeouts, one walk, one hit. Um, I think it was like his third start, like only giving up one hit, um, which is, which is just crazy, dude. And you know, we, we talked about this to start the pod, but to have him signed only 24 years old yet, um, really taking this next level, we don't know where, where this is going to go. So awesome, awesome week from Peralta there. Um, but unfortunately, um, the bullpen couldn't get it done, and we were expecting uh, everyone to be flawless as the Brewers were only able to muster one run in 11 innings. Um, so just another, another very frustrating night uh, where we couldn't get anything going. So, <laughs> yeah, that we had to score in the bottom of the 10th in that game um, after getting out of it in the top of the 10th without giving up a run, starting with a runner on second. No, outs. you just got to find a way to score him. Yeah, dude. And I know, I know bus was emotional and started chirping Devin Williams, which you know, he, he did uh, he did have the run given up in the eighth inning to tie the game. But it's just so tough when you're asking those guys to be completely flawless and perfect night in and night out to just even have a chance at winning these games. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty – I think this one I was very emotional after, like uh, – yeah. No, uh, I mean, once again, the offense, just dog shit. Um, we've said this, like – six times in this pod about how we're getting these ace level starts from three different guys. We're just not producing on offense, just score three, three runs. I think they're saying the broadcast today when we score four runs, we're 
some like crazy stat. It was like 15 and one or 15 and two or something like that. But uh, I don't know, man. Um, our record in Corbin Burns starts is like, I think he started eight times and I think we're either two and six or three and five in his starts, which is ridiculous. Yeah. It's almost tough to do. <clears throat> and yeah, that night, I mean, one for 15 runners in scoring position, 12 guys left on base. Um, so it's just an approach. Uh, there's, there's a lot that needs to be improved and it was good to see them put up a, a 10 spot today. So hopefully we can roll into Kansas city. Um, and get some favorable matchups there and keep it, keep it rolling. Uh, Boxberger got his, his titties knocked up in this, uh, this game. I mean, he got bombarded, gave up five, five runs in the 11th inning. And it was, uh, it was a pretty tough scene for him by far his worst outing of the year. So uh, that's, that's my final notes on that game from Monday. Goldschmidt continues to kill us. Correct. Yep. Um, Arenado seemed pretty quiet for the most part, um, but just it's just like a presence thing. Like he's mm-hmm. just knowing you have to go through that gauntlet is uh, is pretty tough. Especially. especially when... Sorry. Go ahead. Especially late in games like that. Once you get to like the extra innings, you know you're gonna have to face them with those uh, all stars with guys on base. Like automatically to start the inning. So. Yeah, and you got Dylan Carlson there, like. They go Edmund, Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado, and that's – I mean, that's a pretty good uh, opening four guys. So, okay. cool. Well, uh, Mitch Mitch Lidke, what do you got uh, for us on the, the farm here, the farm report? Yeah, the prospect roundup. So, uh, big news out of Biloxia on Saturday. Um, that would be a fun trip to do, go down to Mississippi and watch some games down there. I know I want to get up to Appleton too and watch Mitchell um, up there, but – Luxia threw a combined no-hitter on Saturday night, led by uh, one of our top prospects, Ethan Small, uh, through five innings, six strikeouts, and then it kind of was a bullpen game after that. But combined no-hitter for them, which is cool to see. Um, Alec Bettinger threw over the weekend and threw like six innings, eight strikeouts, didn't give up a run. So it's obviously nice to see his success down there. I know he's struggled when he's been up, but um, he's got some promise uh, Garrett Mitchell is still being held out precautionary with his injury. Um, so he hasn't played since May 4th um, after his really good first weekend. Um, the shining points from an offensive perspective in our minor leagues is uh, our young boy, Tristan Lutz, um, is currently posting over a thousand OPS, has a 400 on base percentage. So it's good to see him get going. I know we drafted him early uh, a couple of years ago and he struggled um for his first couple years in the minor league so hopefully he's kind of turned a page there um Abner Uribe uh still throwing 100 miles an hour just straight gas he's uh pretty filthy I know uh some of our Brewer Farm Twitter accounts regularly post videos of of his stuff I think he's a future back-end power pen arm that's good to see Corey Ray's off to a really good start he's got a 915 OPS I know we saw him a little bit in the majors but he's another one of those prospects that was a top five pick um, and hasn't really figured it out. So it'd be nice to get some value out of Corey Ray. Um, And he's no longer a prospect, but I'll end it with this. I wonder when we see Hernan Perez, he's absolutely killing it for triple a 1.262 OPS. And I know Reyes had a good defensive play today, um, but I'm to the point where if um, Reyes is going to keep getting innings, I don't know when Daniel Robertson's expected to be back. 
Um, but I would like to see maybe again, Hernan start taking some of Reyes's innings, uh, especially if he's hitting in AAA. So that'll be interesting to see when Hernan gets the call. Cause I think he may uh, within the next week be up. So uh, that's kind of our farm roundup for the week. Um, some guys are really starting to hit, which is good. I've, uh, I've noticed just going through Biloxi's numbers that Bryce Terang is off to an ice cold start, which is unfortunate. Um, just, just pointing that out. I mean, it, it's probably means nothing, but uh, he's, he's uh, not hitting the ball very well right now. He hasn't really ever hit in the minors um, consistently from start to finish since we drafted him. I know he's still a top 100 prospect and, and they kind of like what they see in him, but I do start to think, or I'm starting to think that if we are to acquire Trevor story, and I think all three of us are fully on, we need to do whatever it takes to get him. I think Bryce Turing's in that package, which I think I'm very okay with, um, especially yeah. with your, your AS being super young. I know he's had his struggles and I don't know if he'll ever amount into anything other than league average. Um, but I think I'm to the point where I'm okay with giving up terrain for a centerpiece for a couple months of Trevor story. I agree with that there. Um, that was a big talking point with the, the group of people I was with yesterday. They're asking me like, what's your cutoff point? Like who's untouchable in a potential story move. And basically you're not trading Garrett Mitchell. You're not trading Aaron Ashby. And I would hesitate and think about it for a long time with Ethan small but I think beyond that, um, everyone else seems to be pretty much fair game. I don't know what your guys' take is on on that topic. Boss, what do you got? You, who's your untouchable guys for uh, for a few months of Trevor's story here? I mean, I don't know if I really have an untouchable list, but I know I mentioned a couple times to, in the group chat about just trading the whole uh, the whole Bloxy, uh the whole Bloxy team. Just give, just give, just give it, just give them to him. Shuck, shuck, shuck them, baby. Just give it to him. I will say this. Rockies are farm team. Here's a trivia question for you guys. Uh, A couple years ago, actually 2018, when the Dodgers acquired Manny Machado, which was arguably one of the biggest deadline moves in the last couple years from a player moving at the deadline. Can any of you guys name? Any of the five prospects that the Orioles got in that deal? John Means. Was Cedric Mullins a part of it? I, I don't know the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I mean. I, I feel like it would be talked about. So it just goes to show that. I got it uh, pulled up here. Yasniel Diaz, Dean Kremer, Rylan Bannon, Zach Pop. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm saying is. I don't think it's going to take, and we're not really, we're, we're pretty anti-prospect hugger because I just, there's so much variance with prospects um, that the value, uh, Trevor Story is one of the best shortstops in baseball, but getting him as a rental for a couple months, isn't going to cost, you know, a top, top prospect. But I do think Terang makes a lot of sense because one, the Rockies are probably looking for a replacement shortstop if they give up story. So that's where Terang makes sense. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I think the, the value there comes into is how many teams are trading for Trevor Story. If you have five, six, seven teams that are trying to get them, that's obviously going to drive the price up because then you just become bidding against other teams. But um, I think Terang as a centerpiece puts us, I mean, Terang's still good value. He's a top 100 prospect. So, um, yeah, I think that's where we start. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be interesting. I mean, 
Um, Stern's statement today was like, you know, he, he's not happy with the offense. It's been a couple of weeks, but he's like, if it, if it continues, um, I think some things will have to change. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're, we're in the mix with doing something like that. So keep the eyes peeled there. Um, and the Brewers get, keep on getting brought up in it. And it's not just us just like coming up with this out of the blue. Uh, there's been a handful of articles, like even opening day, Ken Rosenthal was already like saying how good of a fit it would be. Um, so it's, it's talked about nationally as well. Um, so it's, uh, there's a legit chance. Um, I would say like 20, 20% chance that we'll see Trevor Story in a Brewers uniform this year. I love the confidence. I think one, I think one in five, if we run the simulation of the rest of the year, five times, I'm confident that one of them would end up with Trevor Story being a brewer. Well, and there's just like, there's so many variables that have to happen for you to like have a deep playoff run and seeing how our starters have started the year and the way our bullpen shaping, it would be very frustrating for us to go through the deadline and not acquire a bat like that, knowing what our rotation is and our bullpen is like, this is world series, good rotation and bullpen. And if yeah. we just don't acquire a guy like story at the deadline and don't try and what I'm considering the start of a legit window for the next four years with that rotation, that's going to be really frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't think the sky is falling. Um, it was a pretty frustrating week overall, but sitting 21 and 20 with the, the tough schedule that we've had the first six week of the six weeks of the season isn't terrible. It is frustrating when you're sitting at 17 and 10, um, at one point and now we're we're here but uh we're only a couple games back of the cardinals we have the royals twice this week before playing the reds this weekend um so hopefully the boys get hot um get back on track and uh stay where we expect them and that's competing for the central with uh with st louis throughout this whole season here weather goes up the boys get hot baby yes sir um, so Monday off day, we're back in action Tuesday, Wednesday against the Royals. Um, so I think we only got, uh, is this a five game week for the Brewers? Yeah. Two off days. Wow. Two off days. Okay. Awesome. Well, hopefully we go, uh, four and one would be legit. Um, a Royal sweep and, a, a series win against Cincinnati. That's what I'm calling. So, um, yeah, boys, let's, uh, let's have a week and let's cook. Let's cook. Let's go. Nobody on the beach. Feel it in the air. The sun was out of reach. Empty lake.